Do you feel like there's always more you need to be doing at church or in ministry? That you feel like you're never quite doing enough? Or do you feel like your relationship with God is based on a list of do's and don'ts? Does it feel like you're living under a constant threat of judgment for what you do or don't do? Or even for things like raising your hands in worship? Well, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about the stronghold of religious bondage and how it might be affecting you and your relationship with God. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. I'm Lee Whitman with Restoring the Foundations, and today's verse is one of my favorite verses. It's Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. The Passion Translation says it this way. At last we have freedom for Christ to set us free. We must always cherish this freedom and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. This verse is warning the new believers not to return to the religious slavery of their past. Remember who Paul, the Apostle Paul was writing to? He was addressing the first group of believers who were coming out of a very legalistic religious system. This religious stronghold began before there were any believers in Jesus because Jesus' coming to earth was years in the future. This stronghold got its start right after the giving of the Ten Commandments. God gave the Jewish people ten rules to follow. I'm sure you can probably even quote all ten of them for yourself. Here the Ten Commandments is found in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you shall not make for yourselves an idol. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Number five, honor your father and your mother. Number six, you shall not commit murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And number 10, you shall not covet. These are 10 pretty simple guidelines or rules to follow. The enemy, however, unleashed this religious spirit we're going to talk about upon the religious leaders of that day, and they took the 10 simple commandments and made them into 613 rules for the people to follow. They created rules governing everything. Things went from a simple relationship with God to a very, very complex religious system. That is what this spirit does. It takes the simplicity of having a relationship with Father God through Jesus Christ and makes it into a heavy burden strapped upon people's backs. And lest you think you might be exempt, this religious spirit does not simply work in the organized denominational church. Nope. It attacks anyone who is sincerely trying to follow God. I know of a group of people who left the mainline denominational church because of the religious regulations, and started their own religious community. It was beautiful and simple at first, 
But within a few years, this group who had left the church because of the stringent rules and regulations had developed their own set of rules and regulations that the followers had to adhere to in order to remain in good standing. That is what this religious spirit does. One of the characteristics of the religious spirit is that it would have us point fingers at each other and declare that we are better than they because we, and you could fill in the blank. Why do you think there are so many denominations in the world all believing that they have the corner on the truth about God? This spirit has been causing division in God's people since the beginning. And it didn't just start with the introduction of the Christian church. No. People have been divided on how to worship God from the very beginning. Even those religious leaders who took the Ten Commandments and made them into 613 religious rules could not agree on the right way to worship, so they split off and created their own sects of Judaism. The divisions within the Christian church are too many to even mention. It's not just the mainline denominations that have a corner on this religious spirit Any group of believers who are sincerely trying to follow Christ are going to be targeted by this spirit. So let's look at some of the characteristics of this religious stronghold. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been involved in a church where there has been a church split? If you haven't been, you're very fortunate not to have experienced that on your own, but I'm sure you've heard some of the horror stories of church splits. You know, I grew up in a very conservative, mainline denominational church who did not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A group of people in the church got filled with the Holy Spirit and tried to bring that freedom of the Holy Spirit into our church. It didn't go very well. You see, our church was entrenched in traditionalism and spiritual pride that we were doing church the right way, and how dare you tell us otherwise? As a kid... I really didn't understand what was happening. All I knew was that people who I loved and respected were at odds with each other, and in the process, people on both sides of the issue did not exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. A group of people left the church and started their own church, and it took many years for the true groups to be healed. In my small town, it gave the entire Church of Jesus Christ a black eye. Score one for this religious spirit. One of the major characteristics of this stronghold is that it causes division, and in the process, it usually fosters betrayal and injustice. Why are there so many denominations? Because this spirit causes people to divide based on any number of things, including the color of the new carpet. I kid you not. I heard of a church who split because of the color of the new carpet. Score another one for this spirit. The Spirit also causes people to twist the way we read the Bible. The Spirit tells us to overlook some passages and to interpret others through the grid we have been taught, thus justifying our belief. It appears that much of our theology is an attempt to prove that what we believe is correct and not necessarily letting the Scripture speak for itself. Another major characteristic of this stronghold is legalism. It stresses dependence and obedience to a set of laws or rules rather than on a personal relationship with God through faith. For many living under this stronghold, their relationship with God is based on a set of rules and regulations. As long as you follow the rules, you're deemed right with God. 
and the rules tend to beget more rules, legalism driven by this spirit is never satisfied until it has total religious control over a person. This religious control demands religious performance and religiosity. You may know people whose language is so religious that you almost want to ask them to be real and speak English instead of the language of religiosity. We went to church with a guy whose prayers in public on Sunday were incredibly eloquent and full of religiosity. (laughs) But on Saturday night, he was down at the bar partying with the best of them. This spirit also leads to false faith and even hypocrisy. It teaches that what you do on the outside, at least on Sunday, is more important than what is happening on the inside concerning your private life. Now, how is it that pastors are able to preach wonderful sermons on Sunday and then go and have affairs during the week? I think it's this spirit at work that says that appearance is more important than character. When you look at the life of Jesus, he was one of the most unreligious people who ever lived. What do I mean by that? Well, for example, many times Jesus healed people on the Sabbath. Take, for example, Jesus healing the man at the pool of Bethsaida in John chapter 5. He healed him on the Sabbath and told the healed man to take up his bed and walk, which was not allowed by the religious laws on the Sabbath. That didn't stop Jesus. Even though Jesus was trained in Jewish orthodoxy, for example, his early Torah studies in which he baffled the temple leaders, his annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the feasts, and his faithful observance of the Sabbath, even with this training in religious tradition, Jesus only did what his Father in heaven told him to do. He did not follow the religious traditions. He followed his Father's wishes. Another proof of this spirit at work is that Jesus' entire life was one of practicing unconditional love, peace, and kindness. He defended the poor and those the culture ostracized. Jesus taught and practiced forgiveness to the extent that he even forgave the people who killed him. Jesus' life is the greatest love story of all time. Yet, this spirit has taken Jesus' life and made it into a story of hatred and oppression. Thousands of people were killed during the Crusades in the name of Jesus. This spirit has taken the teachings of Christ we call Christianity and removed the kindness and respect and dignity Jesus demonstrated to the sinner. People who desperately need a relationship with Jesus are turning away from the church because of the lack of kindness and love. Instead, they receive judgment. That's what this spirit has done to Christ's body. This stronghold has its own set of ungodly beliefs. As we've talked about in the past, strongholds have ungodly beliefs that help them hold them in place. These are lies that come from the generational curse of this religious stronghold. One very common ungodly belief with this stronghold is, God is judging me when I relax. I have to stay busy about his work or he will abandon me. Does that sound familiar to anyone? To be honest, pastors really don't mind if people have this ungodly belief, because then they are really good church workers. The problem is that many times people are working so hard to earn God's favor that they miss out on having a relationship with God. You know, in Luke 
chapter 15, Jesus tells a story about his father. We call the story the prodigal son. In this story, the father has two sons, the younger of which takes his inheritance and wastes it on wild living. The wayward son came home, and his father threw a party due to his return. However, the father had an older son who faithfully remained at home, taking care of all the duties of the household. When he saw that his father was throwing a party for his younger brother, he was angry, and he confronted his father. Now, this is my translation of what was said. Why are you throwing a party for this worthless boy when I've been home working faithfully for you and you give me nothing? The father said to his older son with great sadness, My son, you've always been with me. Everything I have is yours. You could have had a party anytime you wanted, but you were so busy working in my fields that you didn't enjoy having a relationship with me. You see, this religious spirit would do the same thing to us. It would have us be so busy doing the right religious things and miss out on an intimate relationship with Father God. The bottom line is, this religious spirit is very real in today's world. If we're not careful, we could live by this spirit and miss out on the freedom that comes from a relationship with Jesus. Our verse for today is Galatians 5.1. It's for freedom that Christ sets you free. Free from what? Free from anything, including a religious spirit that is holding you in bondage to the illegitimate form of religion. True religion is to know God intimately and to let his life live in you on a daily basis. Not to live by a list of rules and regulations, but to live a spirit-led life of freedom in Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we don't have to live a life by rules and regulations, that you have given us the ability to live a life of spirit-led life in you. Father, I ask right now that any places where we're in bondage to this religious spirit, or that we've given place to it, or we partnered with it, Father, show us those places so that we can get more and more freedom and experience all that Jesus Christ came to give us. So, Father, I thank you for freedom through Jesus. Now, again, if anyone's listening today, Father, and they've recognized this spirit at work in them, would you just motivate them, help them? Give them the courage to go to our website at restoringthefoundations.org and find a minister in their area that can help them break this hold of religiousness in their life. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. So if you've recognized this spirit at work in your life in any way, please go online to restoringthefoundations.org and find an RTF minister in your area and break the hold of this religious stronghold in your life. You will be glad you did, and honestly, all of heaven will be rejoicing at the freedom you receive. And also, if you've been blessed by the ministry of Restoring the Foundations, and you'd like to help us take this message of freedom and healing around the world, click on the Donate Now tab at the top of our website to become a contributor to the ministry of Restoring the Foundations. Thank you for spending time with us, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth 
empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.